the wide, wide world of sports is going on here. Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. I'll detect it, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn 1049 AM 1260 and hornfm.com with the Longhorns play and Austin Talks Sports. Top of the morning to you. Happy St. Patrick's Day, Friday on B&E. Temperatures quite different than they were yesterday. Uh, the cold front is here. The rain overnight. Winds are up. Temperatures down about 43 degrees right now in the ATX. And yeah, happy St. Patty's Day to everybody out there. Hope you're ready for a fun Friday, even though it's a little chillier than it had been. We'll take it. we got basketball on the brain for sure. 16 games yesterday, 16 more today. Longhorns. Have advanced to the second round. Texas A&M has not. They went down to Penn State last night. The Longhorns now to zero their attention onto the Nittany Lions, who uh, will tell you why it may. You know, it's a it's a good matchup in, a, in one regard for Texas coming up on Saturday night. Um, very very same kind of team that is played uh, last night. Very perimeter oriented. Play a lot of uh, shoot a lot of threes. Uh, guard guard dominated team in Penn State, just like we saw with Colgate last night. And the Longhorns had no trouble there uh, with the Raiders. So we'll talk plenty of basketball, talking some football here from Dak Prescott coming up. let you hear him, his uh, first comments since the release of his best buddy, Ezekiel Elliott, this week by the Dallas Cowboys. It's tough on him. That's his guy. What was it T.O. once said? Remember Terrell Owens? Oh, yeah. My quarterback. That's my quarterback. About Romo? Remember he loved him with some Romo? Yes, he did. Well, you know, love me some Zeke. Remember when they were on Hard Knocks and, like, Dak got him like like got Zeke. Who was it? Did he get him a dog? One of those? No, got those... him like a $15,000 piece of luggage. Oh, yeah. You know, one of those real nice bags, like those travel bags. But he got him one of them fighting dogs or something. Oh, Zeke already had that dog. <laughs> no, Zeke escaped, Zeke's, right? Yeah, Zeke's, Zeke's had some issues with his dogs <laughs> that break out and bite people <laughs> up there in the Metroplex. But now he's looking for work, looking for a new gig. And uh, Dak is going to be handed it to Tony Pollard. He's also going to be handing it to Malik Davis, but will he be handing it to B. John Robinson? A lot of B. John Robinson chatter in the Metroplex and the, upon the release of uh, of Zeke that, hey, that's who we need. That's who we need. Pick 26. If, Zeke, if, if B. John's available, um, we, we talk about Dak Prescott needing more weapons, not less. I mean, B. John would be quite a weapon. Um, because the one thing you know about Tony Pollard, he's not the biggest guy. He's never been asked to be you know, carry the full workload of a running game. Even in, in college at Memphis, he was more of a receiver than a running back. Um, someone like Bijan, who is, you know, 220, but all, he can be your workhorse and he can be a, you know, complimentary player where you need him. That might be just the pick for the Cowboys. If they do get him, do you think he Bijan starts over Tony Pollard? Well. Day one? Um, do you think he's a better running back than Tony Pollard is right now? Well, I would say if you're – As a runner, yeah. If your franchise tag player is not starting – that might be a problem if you're the Cowboys, but because the Cowboys put the franchise tag on Tony Pollard to keep him off of this weak running back market. But Tony Pollard's still that specialty guy that can make those huge plays. And you run the special plays that you that you draw up on the board and say, this is the one that's going to work. Like screens and stuff? Yeah. Well, he makes them work. He, well, he actually I mean, makes those plays work. 
Well, look, I mean, it was, it's, it was, here's the thing with Tony Pollard and Zeke. It was a different offense a lot of times when whichever one was on the field, right? When, oh, totally, yeah, when, I agree with that. When Zeke would come on the field, there'd be two, three tight ends. You know it was kind of a power run game. Yes. When Pollard would come in, they'd, you know, Spread one tight out. end, three receivers. He'd have more lanes to run through. But there was no doubt he was the more explosive player. I mean, he was a six-yard-a-carry guy. Zeke was a, you know, three-and-a-half-yard-a-carry guy. Um, yeah, in the run game, I, I, I would think that if you got a guy – no, if you got Bijan, he would be better in the run game in general. But still, Pollard is still that special guy out and out, and he's pretty, pretty damn fast. And now. he's not, you know, he's not a small guy. I mean, no. he's six foot two ten, and so he's well, but he's just never been asked to carry the workload of a, of a run game. But I don't think the Cowboys are going to do that. The Cowboys, that was Zeke's role, but that's not the way the NFL works anymore. You, you don't. I'd say unless you're Mm-mm. Derrick Henry, you you use two, three running backs who are good at certain things, and Bijan would be a nice one. Because we know Bijan also is a good weapon in your passing game. He'd be great in their screen game. Uh, but Bijan, I mean, I mean, I think at 26, the Cowboys are going to be in a spot to just take the best player available. And there's there's a very strong argument that when they get to 26, if Bijan Robinson's available, he's the best player available, right? I mean, come on. Yeah, and for the Cowboys, they did enough this year when it, when it comes to opening up lanes that still Zeke still didn't have that explosion, you know, that explosiveness. I mean, to get away from some of these guys. And those twelve or eight yard runs, where the guy like Bijan becomes thirty, thirty, forty yard runs. Sure, you know they don't trip him up. He just goes. I mean, the Cowboys weren't that bad. I didn't think on the offensive line. I thought they did a good job opening up holes last year. They were better, uh, and then that was remember the offseason goal one year ago was to get more physical, uh, to get tougher, and mm-hmm. I think they they accomplished that with the the drafting of Tyler Smith, the the tight ends they drafted in the later rounds, the Hender shots, and the you know. Jake Ferguson and some guys like that. They want to be a more physical team. And I think that's, I mean, that's, Mike McCarthy's been pretty clear that that's really yeah. one of the things he wants. He liked that Kellen Moore liked to light up the scoreboard, but he wants to run the damn ball. Yeah. And as you said, they need weapons and they, they need, they need weapon weapons. They don't, you can find a goal line runner. Although Zeke, once again, to me, he's one of the best in the business when it comes to the goal line and, you know, you're getting those first downs that you just have to have to continue with drives. He's, he's great at that. He knows how to, he knows how to, if there's a guy that knows how to get you a yard and a half for a first down, this guy still can get it done. He does that, but you know, just don't pay those guys that kind of money just for that. You can find a guy to do that. You can teach a guy. You can get Roshan Johnson in the fourth or fifth round to do that stuff for you. Yeah, that's, if that's what you're really really but looking Deshaun for. Deshaun Robinson would be oh, a, he's a, a special type player, oh. and you'd get him at the back end of the first round on a guaranteed four year deal, which is kind of where you want a running back right now. Uh, you know, I still don't see him being there that late. Well, I see somebody that's taking a fair that point. chance. Uh, you know, but as we said, I, I do this all. I play the Pro Football Focus mock draft simulator all the time, where you can go in and play your own mock draft. And I, whenever you do it with the Cowboys at twenty six, you find you you find out that uh, you know the positions they need most in that you know at least the need positions for the Cowboys are at wide receiver, at corner. Uh, and then, well, maybe not a corner now that they acquired Stephon Gilmore, but defensive interior, wide receiver, maybe another a, lineman, maybe a tight end to replace Dalton Schultz if and when he when he signs away. But when you do this at twenty six, typically the top three wide receivers are off the board uh, in Jackson Smith and Jigba, Quentin Johnston and Jordan Addison. Usually they're gone, and so you can you can almost project that they won't be there. Um, you know, the top interior D lineman in this draft, obviously it's the the sliding now, Jalen Carter. As uh, one of the the best interior linemen, Brian Brissie from from Clemson, um, the kid Cansey from Pittsburgh, and those guys are off the board by twenty six. And you get to twenty six, typically, 
your choice is you can have the number one running back in B. John Robinson. You could have one of the top two tight ends in Michael Mayer out of Notre Dame, typically. And then there's a guy like Zay Flowers, your guy out of Boston College, a wide receiver, that would be an option there. And you got to see Boston College. I mean, and he'd be the third guy out of all these wide receivers. He's really third the fourth. Or fourth guy. Yeah, he's fourth. I yeah. mean, the, the receiver rankings go Smith and Jigba from Ohio State. Addison. Then Jordan Addison. And then Quentin Johnston, whichever, the kid from TCU, whichever however you slot those two guys. But uh, at 26, if the Cowboys want to get into that top three receiver group, they might have to go up a little bit. Uh, same with the top corners on the board, but it uh, really depends on what the Cowboys' biggest need is. But um, you know, they'll be, they'll be dudes, and I think I do think there's a good chance B. John Robinson is one of them. But as you said, you never know. Someone might jump in and say, you know what? He's too damn good. He's too yeah. Damn. Best I, player on the board, he. Uh, this says when when uh, Terrence Steele went down, it hurt on the run game. It did. I remember the Cowboys brought in Jason Peters, and Tyron Smith was hurt, and then Terrence Steele got hurt. That did hurt their run game. And they still have to get Terrence Steele signed, and they got to get him healthy because he's coming off a knee injury too. You uh, you hope Terrence Steele next year, your starting right tackle, is not like Michael Gallup was, where it's gonna and he's gonna have to feel his way into the season. Uh, gosh, think about you know Dylan DeSue with these Longhorns. You know, you have a knee injury like that. Sometimes you can be back on the field or on the court. A year later, year plus later, but you it may take you two years before you fully you really yeah. Trust that's what it, I think you know? of Michael Gallup too. I mean, I, when he came back, you know, he made a, he had a couple games where he looked explosive, but then that knee just started to to wear down a little bit. It just wasn't ready for that kind of action yet. And he came he he then became that that long long you know kind of strider to get to the ball. He didn't come out of cuts real well. He needs to be the slant guy. The slam because he guy. can go get it. He will go get it. He's not afraid to throw his body He's got in some there. Strong hands, and he can get up in the air too. I'd love to see. Uh, well, they need a guy that goes through the defense. At, at last check, according to the insiders with the Cowboys, the Cowboys are not involved in a conversation with DeAndre Hopkins. But I think fans and DeAndre Hopkins want the Cowboys to be involved for DeAndre Hopkins. But so far, behind the scenes, he'll be wearing that blue. Go blue. They're not. Let's get to the headlines, trending topics. Then we're going to dive into our coaches' corner preview tonight's big Longhorn matchup. But first, the news. UBO Business Services brings it to you. Start with the madness. Yes, that is uh, day one of the NCAA tournament. Of course, included several bracket-busting upsets yesterday. Uh, the second-seeded Texas Longhorns weren't one of them. They flipped the script, rolled past 15th-seeded Colgate, 81-61 to advance to the second round. Flipping the script, meaning the Raiders came into the game as the country's best three-point shooting team, shooting over 40% from uh, beyond the arc. But last night was the Longhorns who made it rain from long range. They had 13 three-pointers of 23 taken. That was led by Jabari Rice, who hit seven. Marcus Carr added four. Texas defense, meanwhile, allowed Colgate to make just three of their 15 three-pointers en route to a 20-point win for a happy head coach, Rodney Terry. It's a really good Colgate team. I mean, they could really team. I mean, they could put a lot of pressure on you. I thought we did a great job tonight guarding the three-point line. They really need threes to beat you, and uh, I thought we did a great job of that. They really tried to work us in the paint a little bit, but we were okay with that. We were okay with tough twos, but no threes. That's exactly how they executed it last night. Jabari Rice ended up leading the Horns with 23 off the bench. Marcus Carr and Dylan Asu added 17 apiece. The Texas will now face Penn State in the round of 32. Tomorrow night, 6.45 tip time from Des Moines. 10th-seeded Nittany Lions dismantled 7th-seeded A&M last night. Texas A&M 76-59 to advance. Again, that game 6.45 tomorrow night. Biggest upsets on day one came out west. 15-seed Princeton 
closed the game on a 9-0 run and stunned Arizona. The two-seed, 59-55. Also yesterday, 13-seeded Furman took out the four-seed Virginia. Nine-seed Auburn topped uh, Iowa. Lower seeds survived and advanced in the other 11 games, including routes for the top-seed Kansas Jayhawks and Alabama Crimson Tide. Fairly easy wins for UCLA and Duke. Uh, Fourth-seeded Tennessee got a scare. For Rick Barnes, they held off Louisiana, though, 58-55. Top-seeded Houston Cougars in the Midwest pulled away late from Northern Kentucky, but not all good news there. They may have lost their All-American point guard, Marcus Sasser. He re-aggravated his injured groin early in that game, didn't play the rest of the way. 16 more games on tap today. First game at 11-15. We'll get to some of those feature games coming up. Women's tournament tips off tomorrow, including the four-seeded Texas Longhorn women facing 13th seed East Carolina. That's an opening round game at Moody Center. Tips at 9 o'clock tomorrow night. Also on the 40 acres this weekend, surging Texas baseball will open a three-game set with the University of New Orleans. At the Dish, game one tonight, 6.30. Tomorrow, 2.30, 1 o'clock on Sunday. In free agency in the NFL, headlines are the Chicago Bears. They signed former Green Bay Packers tight end Robert Tanyan and lifetime Longhorn running back Deontay Foreman, both the one-year deals. The Eagles reached an agreement with their star cornerback Darius Slay, three-year contract extension. The Eagles also signed their quarterback Marcus Mariota to a one-year deal after their backup Gardner Minshew signed with Indianapolis. This segment brought to you by UBO Business Services. Great people, great service, endless possibilities. That's UBO Business Services. Visit them at ubeo.com. You know, the, the team the, the team for the Dallas Cowboys, the player that they, they need is like a guy like Jordan uh, Addison. They need a guy who can go through coverage and be consistent in just catching those balls too. I mean, where do you find those guys? Like last year, didn't Jacksonville, didn't Christian Kirk get there last year? Jacksonville? Yeah. I mean, that dude can get through coverage, and he can catch the ball, too. You know, everybody thought he was going to be overpaid. He was worth his money. No, I mean, Addison would be nice. I don't know that he'll be there at no. 26, but maybe. I mean, there's a chance because, remember— If I wanted to move up if I wanted to move up for a guy to move up with, that, he'd be the guy. That's what they yeah. need. That's that missing piece for them, I believe, well, a speedster through the middle. I mean, I think you can read mock drafts, but I think Jackson Smith and Jigwa from Ohio State is going to be a top-10 pick, maybe top-12 pick. Houston would have he's to consider first, him He's going first, though. Well, he's going to be gone I mean, he, before that. Even. If you would look at his combine work and his film, he's he's Justin Jefferson all over again. I mean, he's Justin Jefferson who's quickly emerged as one of the best two or three receivers in the league, maybe the best with the Minnesota Vikings. People, yeah, he's all, all all around because yeah. he's got speed and he's getting catch and he's well, the, big on the outside. Well, Smith and Jig was quickness is his thing, man. He has got He showed straight-out speed at the combine. Well, he didn't run the, the 40. He's going to run the 40 at his pro day at Columbus. But he showed elite Quickness, yeah, and and, and, and tied the kid Brown's just not enough for the Cowboys. I mean, he's he's that little nice piece. Every once in a while, he'll catch a ball, but he's he's not seventeen games going through the coverage. You know, who are we talking about? Noah Brown. Noah, Noah Brown's Brown. a Texan, by the way. He's yeah. gone. Texan you got him now. Noah. Oh. oh yeah, Noah Brown is a Texan. Uh, kind of, kind of miss him just deal. a wee bit. You know, that's another guy Dak liked. That's Dak what I'm saying. That's, those those you miss him a little bit if he's not there. Who will go through the coverage for them now? Who will be their guy? I don't know what you mean by that. Go through the coverage. I mean, I mean what you do as a wide receiver, you run through the other I'm t- not talking about on the outside. I'm talking about the slide guy that's going to catch and run for him. Maybe Jalen Tolbert shows up this year. Yeah, well, that would they, they that's hope. what they that's what they wanted him well, to be. Well, in an ideal world, if they traded for someone like DeAndre Hopkins, they could move Ceedee Lamb back into the Inside, slot a yeah. little bit. That's there where you go. he's to me most effective. Uh, but he showed he could be an outside receiver as well. Uh, Gallup is going to be an outside receiver. Jordan Addison would be nice, I and mean, his only. Knock, if there was one, he went to the combine and ran four five five. He didn't show the the elite speed from the wide receiver position, but watch him on film. Guy could play at Pittsburgh and then yeah. at USC, so that would be nice. And then there's Quentin Johnston, who's the he's more of an outside receiver. 
Smith and Jigba would be the the elite the player guy, at that yes. position. But yes, for sure. The, and but he's really seen as the only one. There's another kid who I really like. If you watched him play at the University of Houston, Tank Dell, Nathaniel Dell. Right. That dude caught is a lot of ball. Lightning quick. Yes. That guy is really good. And he's a guy you could probably get in the second round. Like pick fifty six, you're looking at Tank Dell. Uh, from the University of Houston. That's a name to watch. By the way, somebody's looking... taking the Houston quarterback, too, somewhere. Clayton Toon, that'll be late. Yeah. Sixth round, fifth round, somewhere on there. Yeah, he'll get, a, he'll, get a, he'll get a look for sure. Hey, let's dive into your coach's corner. It's brought to you by Audiovisual Consultation, avconsultations.com online. Audiovisual Consultations and Tom McKay, the really smart guys who never make you feel stupid. Never do, never do. All right, Longhorns, a nice win last night, as we talked about. I mean, the execution is was the word for me just efficient uh did exactly what you wanted to do i mean this is one of the how many times do we see a texas team or any team that you root for and you think okay we got to stop this then they get in the game and it's like guys we had to stop that what are we doing uh in this case you knew you had to stop the three ball you heard rodney terry in the update that was the goal and they they out outshot uh a shooting team in colgate 13 three-pointers made to three they won really in every facet they've got great uh Guard play. They got great interior play from Dylan DeSue again with 17 points and 10 boards. Just a solid game. Better team won by 20. Now, you turn the page to Penn State, Buck. And here's the thing about Penn State. You know, we were all amped up about the potential for the Texas A&M matchup, but that didn't happen. Penn State, speaking of execution, they dismantled and out-executed Texas A&M last night. How about this? The, the, um, the coach for Penn State and the game plan that they, they put together Texas A&M shot 34 three-pointers last night. 34. Like, what are you, Alabama now? <laughs> I mean, you guys don't shoot threes at that rate, but that's just the great defense that Penn State, team defense that Penn State played on them, and it forced them to become a jump-shooting team, kept them off the foul line, which they thrive at, kept them out of the lane. That was just a really good uh, coaching job by by Penn State. But the other part and of it is— And they brought the funk. And they brought the funk. Uh, there's no question about that. And, well, the thing with Penn State is this. That here's why you like it if you're Texas. They're a very similar team on paper to Colgate. Uh, they're 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 very perimeter oriented. They're driven by their their point guard Jalen Pickett, who's which you don't have to double. You don't have to double him because you got good enough defenders. Well, that's where Penn, that's where the Aggies kept getting hurt because he, he as a big guard, right? He's a big six four guard, and he will post up and back down your guards. And then A and M over and over again kept bringing a double team. And you know, and then he would kick it as a point guard will, and would find an open shooter. And all too often, it was the guy Funk who made eight of them. Uh, Buzz Williams, the Aggies coach, was pretty frustrated afterwards with the the poor rotation that they had when they did double. But the reason I say they're a lot like Colgate is they're one of these teams who are are really a, a good offense. They're seven, they're top twenty in adjusted offensive efficiency. They've got three senior guards led by the All American Pickett. Um, you know, they got four of their five starters are seniors, so they're a veteran team, much like Colgate was. Uh, they're sixth in the nation in three pointers made per game, over 10, about 10.4. Uh, but then, much like Colgate, Buck, they're number 122 in scoring defense. Uh, defensive efficiency, they're outside the top 120. So, the same game plan for Rodney Terry. You have to play great perimeter defense, like you did last night against Colgate. If you do, you're going to score on this team. You're going to get your buckets, right? You're going to make points because they're not that good on defense. Yeah, they have to defend you. You, Yeah, you, the Longhorns, their strength is that they're right around the top ten in the country in both offensive efficiency and defensive efficiency. Uh, meanwhile, there, there's a major flaw in the Penn State game, and that's their defense. Uh, so Texas has to be on point defensively, especially on the perimeter, uh, defend, defensive rotations. If they do, they'll, they'll just outscore this team. Uh, and again, 
how about this number for them offensively? Uh, they're, for, they're fourth in the nation in turnovers per game, so they don't turn the ball over much with those senior guards in the backcourt, nine, nine a game. But um, they average about 72 points a game. If you keep them 72 or under, the Longhorns, as we've told you, are undefeated this year when their opponents are 72 points or yeah, fewer. Yeah, you have to reel in their little streaks that they'll have from shooting from the outside. And it's also fair to say to Penn State that their body of work is full, right? I mean, this is for the entire year, but their last 15 games, right? They, they, were, they went won eight of their last 10. They beat the Aggies last night, so they're playing their best basketball right now under, under a second-year head coach. But the Longhorns are just they're more complete. They're more complete. And if they play like they did last night with the efficiency and, uh, you know, gosh, some Jabari Rice doing what he does, Longhorns will be fine in this game. But, yeah, because you know. they'll have to defend. They'll, they'll, lose, they'll lose a little strength, Eve, by having to go out and defend themselves. Yeah. Well, that's what you want to do to a team that's, that's yes. mostly offense, not a lot of defense. Make them defend, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, wear their guards out with your own guards and then D them up on the defensive end. And I think the Longhorns have the opportunity to do that. Uh, with the depth that they have, right? They run eight, nine deep. You could even the thing about you know you could even get Arturo Morris on the floor in this game, the freshman, because he is elite athlete and elite defender, um, which you're going to need in this game against the perimeter-oriented three-point shooting uh, of Penn State. And someone's got to pick up pick it the, the All-American. I don't know is that going to be Mark Marcus Carr? Is that going to be Tyrese Hunter? Tyrese Hunter was a Big Twelve, Big 12 All Defensive Player as a freshman. He's probably the guy that gets the assignment on the All-American point guard. Then yeah, so, I think I, I would I would do that. I just don't need him shooting up his threes. But as we say with this, the, you know, coming from the Big Twelve, you know, this team will be a lot like Baylor, right? They'll be a lot like Baylor. They're the Baylor Bears are a guard dominated team with really good guard play. But they will remind you of Baylor. You're right. And just like Baylor, uh, Penn State, uh, you know, triple digits in defense. Baylor's triple digits in defense. So you can score on them, and that's where the Longhorns have to make their bones. But they got to bring that. And they're not afraid to shoot the threes from anywhere. They just—that's no. just the way they play the game. That's right. Yeah, they're sixth in the nation in three pointers made per game. Three pointers made per game, uh, Penn State. But you know, that was the, that was the recipe for Colgate last night, and the Longhorns held them to three. They shot fifteen of them. They made only three, and that's because of really, really good defense. Now, I, I, here's what this is fair to say for Penn State versus Colgate. They're a more athletic version oh, no, of Colgate. Try, yeah, they'll try to go to the, they'll they'll go to the basket more. Well, the, the stats would tell you that they're 349th in the nation in free throws made per game at nine a game. They don't actually go to the basket that often, but they may have to in this game. Yeah, 350, not good. Uh, they're also not a very good rebounding team, Penn State. So, I mean, it's obviously a team the Longhorns have can find advantages against, two seed versus a 10, but uh, you cannot let Jalen Pickett get well, going. The one thing the Horns have been doing lately is they're putting the ball up on the rim and going to get it, too. Everybody's going to get it. Yeah, they're just playing well. I mean, I mean, the, the thing that jumps off to me for Roddy Terry's team, and it has for the last week, ever since that game at TCU, that really disappointing Wednesday night loss where they got out-rebounded like crazy and really just looked like they were out-physicaled by TCU, which I know kind of embarrassed that team. They've been, they've been really good. I mean, they followed that up with two tough and hard practices. They beat Kansas on the Saturday to close out the regular season. We know they swept through the Big 12 tournament. And they win last night. And in all those games, they've held the opponent to you know sixty points or fewer, and they've just been really physical. And they've been physical on the offensive end too. Yeah, just you like just said, like the style of play they're playing yes. with those last week and a half, two weeks. And if they play like that, uh, they'll be too much for Penn State tomorrow night. Six forty-five is the tip time, uh, but you got to go execute. Uh, but Rodney Terry and the Longhorns—they have a chance to play into the second weekend. First time this program will have done that in fifteen years. Fifteen years. It's been all the way back to two thousand and eight. Be a nice thing to see the Longhorns into the Sweet 16. But Plus, it's nice to play a team uh, team very similar to what you just played. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, built a lot the same way. Yep. 
Uh, but the young coach is a really, really good coach. Uh, we'll get it. We'll get you. We'll extend our coach's corner coming up on the other side. Get you get to know their head coach because he's a he's a but he's a Brad Stevens disciple from Butler and coached with him with the Boston Celtics. Uh, so you know it's going to be a very you know on point, well coached, fundamentally sound basketball team with a lot of experience at Penn State. We'll be back. B and A with you. We'll get the hot or not topics for the end of the hour. Having fun on this St. Patrick's Day. Top of the morning to you. It's Bucky and Aaron. The sights and sounds of St. Patrick's Day, and also the sights and sounds of March Madness. Did you hear some of that coming up? Dak Prescott weighing in on uh, his good buddy Zeke Elliott, no longer with the Dallas Cowboys. And how do you figure the plight of uh, Virginia head basketball coach Tony Bennett, Buck? How about this guy? Wonder why I'm talking about a feast or famine guy. 2018, yesterday, the day yesterday, April, March the 16th, five years ago, in 2018, Virginia, his Cavaliers lost as a one seat to the University of Maryland, Baltimore County, or whatever that was. Oh, I remember that, yeah. The next year in 2019, they won the Natty, won the whole dang thing, beat Chris Beard and the Texas Tech Red Raiders in the Natty game. Then the tournament was canceled in 2020 and 21. Losses a four seed to a thirteen. Then they played in the NIT in twenty two, and then yesterday losses a four seed with Virginia to the thirteenth seeded Furman, whatever they're called. What are the Furmans? The Paladins. Ooh, ooh, not the Mark Furmans. <laughs> no. <laughs> Can we play some of this? I got to play you this audio. So they're good. They're good announcers for March Madness, but I'm a big fan of Kevin Harlan. You know, Kevin Harlan. Oh yeah. Gets it going. Well, this game yesterday, 68-67, Furman beat uh, – Furman pulled the big upset of Virginia. And the big play, the, the, big, the game swung on a terrible turnover as the uh, – one of the, a, a senior player for Virginia, uh, he Clark, um, just listen, listen, listen to Kevin Harlan call the play here. Thomas Cedric on the best free throw shoot. Clark in a straight jacket. Oh, he didn't need to do that. He threw it away. Hing, Padice. Craziness. So uh, they're pressing, right? And uh, it's it's Virginia's up too, sixty-seven, sixty-five. They're just they're they're trying to get fouled, run out the clock, uh, twenty-five seconds to go, and this this guy, he just heaves and throws it like a hail mary, and the uh, the Furman player just intercepts it and cruises and down and knocks yeah. down a three, and uh, everybody on Virginia's going, "What are you doing? He just threw that. What do you do? Why would you throw it there?" And uh, you know you had. Did the, they not have any timeouts or anything? What, I mean, they, he did everything about that was wrong. I mean, they had the ball, the lead by two, and twenty five seconds to go. He gets trapped in the baseline corner, and then just throws this, this hail mary pass. I think, he, I think he thought that like the time was going to run out if he threw it up or something. There were twenty five yeah, seconds which when he wasn't even close. No, when he got the ball, there were twenty five seconds, weren't there? Or no? Okay, there were about ten seconds on the clock. Okay, so that makes sense. Well, dude, I'm sorry. it doesn't matter until they touch the ball. So there were ten seconds when he got, got the a, ball. And they're going to foul you. Um, yeah, so just a terrible decision. Virginia goes down. Furman is a winner. Then later in the day, it was uh, the mighty Princeton Tigers taking down the Arizona Wildcats in a 15-2. The two big upsets 
of day one of this tournament. None today. As I told you, I texted my my nephew, Shea, who goes to the University of Arizona. He was all excited because uh, my son and, his, my, and him are good buddies. And he's well, Nolan's all for Texas as a two-seed. Shea's all for Arizona. So, of course, they were talking smack, and then uh, Arizona goes down to Princeton. And I texted him. And he Again. Said, you, you know what he said. He said, Biden. Biden jinxed us. Blame it on Biden. My next-door neighbor screwed us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Biden, because, of course, Joe Biden, the president, put out his bracket and had Arizona winning the whole thing. So they're mad at Biden now out at Arizona. Never Arizona. Uh, all right. Let's hear from Dak Prescott. Here he was yesterday. The uh, media caught up with Dak. His first comment since the, uh, obviously, release of Ezekiel Elliott. The two came into the team and were drafted to the team on the same year, same draft. And uh, here's Dak yesterday. Tough to say it's sweet right now, um, honestly, and that's just what those guys mean to me, you know what I mean? And uh, you create these relationships, and that's what makes you play the way you do or the relationships that you build within the organization, within your team, whether it's with the coaches or whether it's with the teammates. And so um, I know the sweet is coming. I know it's coming. Very optimistic guy, don't get me wrong. And um, Change is good, as I've always said that, uh, but it's tough for me to see it in this moment. Um, but I know it's coming, and I'm uh, excited for when it does. He's kind of excited for where he's for his future. He's trying to say both, you know. He understands yeah. change comes, but, but somebody's going to want him. He's down for his buddy, and uh, you know, he and Zeke are good friends. There's no doubt about that. And that's that's the that's the business part of the business is uh, it's just how it goes. And uh, you know, they can still be friends. They can still be friends. That's true. That's exactly right. They can still be good friends. When one dude's washing windows and the other guy's throwing picks, Zeke sure, why not? Be, they can still be buddies. Uh, well, look, I, uh, I I read and saw a lot of people talking about Zeke, and I'll say this because I know, you know, on this show and other shows, Zeke becomes kind of a an easy punching bag because of some of the stuff that has happened. But dude, that guy's leadership in that locker room is going to be missed. That guy was one of the pillars of the 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 foundation of leadership for that team. And you know, Ty, you'll defend him and know this that you know the off field stuff where he you know his dogs, he had the the groping incident, he had. Some you know the off-field issues. Oh, he was mature when he first came into the league. He was immature when he got here. Yeah, but I mean, from player across the board, coaches they understand. They, this is one of the guys who who led this team uh, and and was a phys- physical and emotional leader of the team. Uh, they're gonna, they'll miss some of that uh, from Zeke Elliott, and um, I think they they have to realize that uh, moving forward. But yes, production versus paycheck was was not in at this time for, for the Dallas Cowboys. It's about production. That's right. Well, and it's about making good financial decisions. Which yes. Signing Zeke in the first place to the big contract was not good because, you know, I put him in a, in a pickle that we were dealing with, they're dealing with right now. All right. So the, the, uh, so the, the kid who got trapped on the baseline, uh, Kahee Clark, this goes down, this play with Virginia, but goes down with like, uh, what do we got? Chris Weber timeout. Now that was in the national championship game. Which That's was, way worse. That, well, yeah, because that's a natty game, and they call a timeout when you don't have one. But I mean, you can't just throw it up for grabs when you have the ball in control and a two-point lead under 10 seconds to play. See, I'd like to know if they had a timeout and he didn't use a timeout. I mean, but that, that part of the game, tell you right now, they, must not ha- they must not have had a timeout because there's just no way you'd heave that like that. Well, do anything. <clears throat> Knock it off the guy's leg out of the bounds. I mean, do anything but what you did, <laughs> which gave them not just the ball – but he was wide open, and there was no one to guard him at that point. And uh, it looks like they did have a timeout. As well, well, then that's 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 dumb. That's not being prepared. You have to be able to call it. If you're in that jam, you call timeout. Yeah, he got trapped. 
But I mean to to to, to jump backwards and to throw it <laughs> as far as you can uh, towards the middle of the field or the middle of the court. Uh, not a good idea, and it got them upset. They probably might have won the game. Yeah, your coach may scream at you and yell at you, why would you use a timeout, and then you can go and scream back at the coach because I needed to, Coach. I didn't have any place to throw. I'll call the timeout so we can regroup rather than have them do what happened right there. You just you use that timeout. Yeah, with under 10 seconds, you – what do you got? You got to get it across the half court line, right? You got to get it across mid court. They're going to foul you. As soon as you get it, they're going to foul you anyway. Yeah, they're going to foul you because they the clock's going to run out. So I, I mean, call timeout. Then the next guy to take the ball out is not me; it's oh, somebody else. His decision was the worst decision. Yeah, and it it cost them that game. If he makes really any other decision, they still might have won the ball game. What he did was was killer. Also, we have a new uh, a crying meme that is out. No, if you like the memes, you know, no. like the Michael Jordan crying meme. There is a Utah State. It's the best when they're blonde it's a cheerleader. cheerleader. Yeah, yeah it's, it's always the best when it's a cheerleader. It's yeah, this, or a little little kid. I like yeah, I like this one because she's got these puffy lips and blue eyes, and she's crying because her Utah State team puffy lost. Lips. That's decent. What do you mean, puffy lips? I like that. Puffy, puffy. Oh, puffy lips. Yeah, because she's 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 welling up. You know, she's crying because her team lost. Her bracket is busted, and uh, you know. That that'll be a meme you'll see. Nothing will ever beat the Michael Jordan crying meme, but oh, it's never. It's a good one. It's a good one. You got to have the memes or any sooner crying. <laughs> any sooner crying. Yes. There you go. Coming up, we're going to uh, get some hotter dot topics. We're also going to hear from uh, some of the Longhorns who participated last night in a strong performance, eighty-one sixty-one. And Longhorns remain undefeated this year when they hold their opponents under 72 points. And last night, a team that averages nearly 80 points in Colgate scored just 61. The Longhorn defense continues to be good. Uh, also, Buck Dylan to sue. I mean, Jabari Rice gets a lot of accolades, and rightfully so, because he was just came in just stroking it last night. He was unbelievable uh, from from deep. But uh, Dylan to sue has really. In late in this season, changed this team from a team that didn't really have an interior presence to a team that all of a sudden has a strong interior presence, like tournament most outstanding player in the Big 12 tournament. Last night, 17 points and 10 rebounds. Uh, just that is a you, it takes Texas from good team to a team who potentially could play all the way to the Final Four and beyond because we know the guard plays there and we know the experience is there. Dylan Sue has become an X factor for the Longhorns to, to that has raised their ceiling. Is that oh, fair to say? No, oh, yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, expectations from Jabari Rice is that he can do, he was going to do what he's been doing. Yeah. He was going to stay consistent. This guy's been the most consistent player right. all year for Texas, off the bench or whenever he's playing. Because uh, as Jabari Rice said, when they recruited him to be the sixth man, when Rodney Terry and the staff recruited him from New Mexico State. Yeah, I'm going to finish games. He said, yeah, I'll come off the bench, but I'm going to finish the game. Yeah. I'll, I'll be I'll be a finisher. <laughs> I'll be a finisher. I'll be there at the end. You love that confidence, and you know because they had Tyrese Hunter and Marcus Carr already in the fold, and um, that's the confidence he plays with. But yeah, it's really the thing that flips for Texas is Dylan the Sioux. He he didn't play this well all year. Uh, he played okay, but man, a flip. Uh, speaking of of switches flipping, um, mid mid February, this guy became a confident low post president for the present for the presence for the Longhorns that. It just changes them. It makes them not just perimeter-oriented, but also uh, he can really be a force down low. Yeah, and I would think Longhorn fans would think, oh, no, we have to have Timmy Allen really play really well. I don't know if that's necessarily true now. No, Dylan Mitchell has yeah. taken over that mantle. I mean, last night Timmy Allen scored four points in 20 minutes. Uh, Dylan DeSue in 21 minutes scored 17. I think Timmy Allen had 
four rebound, maybe five rebound, but he had four nice assists or five nice assists. But he didn't. He he he's not the guy you're looking to to score any longer. Well, think about it. I mean, he was in there slugging it out with guys, but you know his frame last night. He he was in there amongst the trees. Yeah. Well, let's listen. In the Big 12 tournament championship game against Kansas, Dylan DeSue scored 18 points in 21 minutes. Last night in 21 minutes, he scored 17 points. He grabbed 10 rebounds. He had an assist and a block. I mean, he's and he's aggressive too. But yeah. he plays aggressive. Yeah. And then you combine what he did, Dylan DeSue, last night with with uh, Christian Bishop, who played 18 minutes and scored eight points, had five rebounds, um, blocked a shot. You, those two bigs all of a sudden are playing at a, at, a, at a really high level, and they'll be important tonight, yeah, or tomorrow night, I should say, because Penn State is a is very very similar to, Col- to Colgate, a perimeter. That ball will be up team. on the rim, so you have yep. to go get those. You have to get those rebounds. You have to be the one, and that's what I like about DeSue. He goes he goes crazy for the, and so does Bishop. Those guys head to the boards with Cunningham. And everybody's everybody rebounds on this basketball team, which is good to see. Ever since I mean, Rice TC. Rice goes to the boards too. They all they all rebound really really well, yeah. and that's what I that, that's what I that's what I like about this team the way they scrap for the ball. Yeah, certainly since that TCU game when they got out rebounded yes. forty eight to twenty five. Ever or since that it was. game, you're absolutely right, mm-hmm. and that and that's that's the four game or five game win streak that they're on right now. But there was a time I believe, and I may be wrong, that Dylan DeSue I didn't see for a for a kind of long period of time in that first half, and I think. Colgate was starting to throw the ball down low, and and those guys were they started to muscle a little bit of everybody one on one. The big guys for Colgate e were were just hitting you know bank shots and getting kind of layups. They were walking guys down into the lane. Well, you heard just, Rodney Terry say you'll say here you'll hear him again. They were willing to give up tough twos. twos that's what I mean. Threes. Yeah, they were getting tough twos. They were giving they were they were willing to give the paint and give up you know they were not getting a double. lot of fouls and not getting foul right. trouble. They didn't want foul shots and they didn't want you know to have to double team and the Dillons who have. Was he in foul? Did he get a couple of early fouls? Is that why he was sitting early? I mean, I don't. He had three just, fouls with the game when the game ended. So okay, uh, but yeah, twenty-one minutes for Dylan. But that's because Christian Bishop plays eighteen. Uh, they pretty much split the forty minutes. Uh, and you know, Brock Cunningham was just in there doing what he does. Twenty-three minutes for Brock. We'll it was be a back. Perfect game for him. Hit the hot or not. We'll also hear from Texas Hoops, Rodney Terry, and the Longhorns as they advance. Uh, also, preview your weekend. It's a busy one for sure. Happy St. Patrick's Day. What's hot? And what's not. What's hot, what's not is brought to you by Texas Orthopedics, the largest independent orthopedic practice in central Texas. Visit us at txortho.com to learn more and to schedule an appointment. Hot or not? Well, if you've been outside already this morning, you know it's not hot outside. It's cold. Temperatures in the low 40s and a gusty gusty wind will uh, make it feel much colder than that. And that's going to be the case all day today. Clouds and uh, cool and wind on this St. Patrick's Day. They kind of feel like Ireland today. Kind of feel like the Grand, the 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 Emerald Isle uh, outside today. So enjoy your St. Patrick's Day. Uh, however, you're going to do so. Watching basketball is a good option. Remember the uh, the midday show today. Chad and Zay will be out at the Twin Peaks South location. Uh, Harge and Rod were out at the North location in Round Rock yesterday. Today it's a midday show. Uh, off of Stastny, right there at the corner, Stastny and 35. That's where they'll be posting up watching basketball noon to 3 today. Longhorns will play tonight at 645 with a 6 o'clock start time. And we I, we came in this morning, which I anticipated, to a lot of text messages about why can't I find Craig on the stream. Remember, not our fault here, but you know if you've been listening to Texas basketball on our app, on our Horn app all year uh, through the UT Sports tab, uh, for the March Madness, you've got to download a different app. It's the... Uh, Gosh, the, 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 and it's at our website. You just go to hornfm.com. You, it'll give you all the details. 
but it is a different app uh, to, to be able to listen to the stream. We didn't change it. <laughs> don't don't shoot the messengers on this, but uh, you've got to go download that app to be able to listen to it live. Um, but it's real easy to do. I will just tell you that. And so all you have to do if, if you're used to doing that is uh, go go to our website, get all the details, and that's how you'll find the bracket. Uh, it's going to be important to you as you get this thing going. Also, Buck, on a hot or not, you see, you, you mentioned this to me, Scotty Scheffler. Yeah, man. The world's number one golfer. That's what I'm calling the dinner E. He has, uh, I guess he sent his dinner request, because as the champion, the Masters champion golfer of the year, you get to choose dinner for the champion's dinner and set the menu for the following year. And are we ready for this? Scotty Scheffler, who is the uh, club champion. I don't like my dinner all fancied up. I'm just going to eat and get out. It's a lot of food, man. You're going to start with some appetizers, cheeseburger sliders. There you go. Served Scotty style. Look out. I don't know what that is. Firecracker shrimp, which sounds yummy. Mm-hmm. With some sriracha mayo. Ooh, yeah. Mm, come on now. Sweet Thai chili and sriracha mayo firecracker shrimp. Tortilla soup, which sounds really yummy. Uh, and then Texas ribeye steak or blackened redfish. You have that choice. Ooh, one or the yeah. other. A little ribeye from the great state. Some redfish. Um, or some redfish. What would you go with there? You'd go with the blackened redfish, i got to assume. I'd, no, I'd go with that damn ribeye. Ooh. I can go get some fish anytime. Also be served with some family-style mac and cheese, some jalapeno cream corn, fried Brussels sprouts, and seasonal fries uh, with your choice of, of what we protein. Got for dessert? What's Scotty doing for dessert? Warm chocolate chip skillet cookie. I, I don't know what that is. I mean, is that one you just put that skillet in the... In the oven. Yeah, you cook it in a skillet. Uh, it's just like a it's like a great big chocolate chip cookie. I'm sure it's real gooey. Okay, I'm, I'm sure good it's with real that. Real gooey. You get some ice cream we in. Got that a little thing. side. We got a little side of ice cream there. By the way, that app that you need to download for Texas basketball is called the Varsity app. The Varsity Net app. It's there at our website. Uh, all the details explained because we want you to be able to hear the game on your app if you're traveling for spring break and keep up with Craig and be able to listen to it. We'll sliders are about that bun though. E. I like sliders. About that bun. Mm. Those Hawaiian rolls. There you go. Yeah, man. T.Y., what do you have for us in Hot or Not on St. Patrick's Day? I know I just made you very hungry because you said you were already hungry. <laughs> now I just read through the menu. <laughs> yeah, it was a little distracting. Uh, don't have too much today. Uh, yesterday news broke that Chicago Bulls uh, guard Lonzo Ball will be undergoing a cartilage transplant procedure. That and his uh, career is in jeopardy. Because is that of like his third surgery of the yeah. year? He hasn't yeah. played at all this year. Yeah, that knee seems like it's shot. He needs some QC kinetics or something. Back there playing with his dad in the backyard all those years. This guy says, hey, y'all know what's not hot? Aggie basketball. Poor Aggies. It's not a basketball school. What is it? It's a football school. Isn't it? No? Sheep herding competitions. Also not hot. And speaking of bad breaks, uh, we... The Edwin Diaz, the all-star closer of the Mets, MRI came back. Yeah, tore it all up. Patel attendant. Patel attendant. That's a year. year. Out for the year, celebrating a win at the World Baseball Classic. Uh, tough, tough for the Mets. All right, uh, we'll pick it up on the other side. You're from Rodney Terry, Longhorns. Nice win last night. Efficient, solid, did everything they needed to do to advance, win by 20. We'll get you all the details coming up. It's B&E on the Horn.